it seems that Christmas and lights are connected very strongly. They go together. And even for those who, who um, uh, have no spiritual or don't see any spiritual meaning in Christmas, they don't believe in God or whatever, still are very strong in lights. Uh, even businesses and cities, uh, they like putting up lights. And so we're going to talk about light this morning, the light of the world. And uh, particularly that every follower of Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, Jesus is your Savior. Every follower of Christ, and he is the light of the world, has the light of God shining in and through them. That's what we're going to see this morning. Has the light of God, light of Christ shining in through us. And so we're going to first, our text that we're going to, the main text is 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. And we're going to read the text. I'll read it for you. And then I'll give you the context to help us better understand what, uh, what is being said here in this text. So 1 John, and that's not the gospel, it's the little letter at the end of the New Testament. There's 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. It's the first of these letters, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. It's also on the screen if you want to follow it there. It is Apostle John who is writing this letter. This is what we read. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which is with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. And this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. I'd like us to try to imagine, put ourselves back in the time when these Christians received this letter. So if you can come back in time with me, about 2,000 years. Apostle John is probably one of the last apostles living one of the few who actually were with Jesus when he was on the earth. And he states that. He says, the life that we've seen it, we testify it to, we've touched it, our eyes have seen it. So he's, he's reminding them that he was a witness to Jesus back then. And he sends a letter to some Christians. And uh, most um, Historians and theologians believe that this letter is written when Apostle John was about 80 some years of age, about 40, 50 years after Christ. So he sends a letter, and the people are excited. They gather around. We got a letter from the Apostle John. I think I'd be excited. (laughs) The Apostle John sent a letter, and uh, most of the people that were there had accepted the Lord and become believers after, so they had not seen Jesus. And so they're waiting expectantly for this. What is the letter? What is he going to say? And so in verse 5, John says, this is the message we have heard from him, from Jesus, from God through Jesus. And we declare it to you. And I kind of, when I read the scripture, I like to try to imagine a bit more, put myself into the reading. I can imagine everybody sitting there 
expectantly, this is the message from Paul, the Apostle John. He's given a summary of everything that Jesus has taught. He's going to tell us, what is it, John? And they're kind of expectantly waiting for a great teaching. I don't know about you, but when you have an opportunity to share, how would you summarize the Christian faith? How would you summarize the message of Jesus? Some will bring out the four spiritual laws. Some will bring out verses and we'll have a plan of salvation and we all maybe answer theological questions that Jesus is God and we get in that. What does John say? God is light. God is light. And I can almost imagine the people who heard that going, what? That's it? You mean that's it? Just God is light? Isn't there more? <laughs> the expectation. So what does that mean, God is light? And it must be important because the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle John to write it. That's what we call the inspiration of the scriptures. And the Holy Spirit inspired John to write that as a summary of the message that God sends to us through Jesus. God is light. So let's look at that. The God is light there's many things we can say. I want to underline three fundamental truths that are very real for us today. The first truth is we can know God. We can know God. God is light means we can know God. You ever walk the streets at nighttime um, and it's very dark, maybe... Well, if you walk the streets where Pastor Mario lives, it's very dark because they don't have street lights. Okay, I don't know about that. They don't pay taxes there. I don't know, but, but uh, it is dark there. But you're walking down the street and the houses are all dark, but somebody has left their lights on and the curtains open and what do you see? You see everything inside. Is there, are they eating a meal? Uh, you see the colors on the wall? Or they're watching TV, you can even watch the show with them if you want. Um, you can see everything inside the house. Why? The light is on. You're outside, the light is on. God is light means we can know God. God wants to be known. God reveals himself. He wants people to know who he is, his holiness, his righteousness, his love, his compassion. God wants to know, wants people to know him. That's powerful. That's powerful. The second truth, God knows everything about us. I go to the dentist a fair bit. I actually go to McGill Dental Clinic because it's cheaper. And uh, you've ever been to the dentist? Well, you have your house lights, and then they have this big light, you know, that shines into your mouth. There the students have another light strapped to their forehead that spots right down into your mouth. And he goes, oh, this tooth is good, but do you know you have a cracked tooth over here? Well, you got a cavity in this one here. You need a repair here. With the light, he can see everything he needs to know about my teeth. The more details you want, the brighter the light. God is light. He knows everything about you. He knows everything. As that old movie, the good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> he knows everything. It's also encouraging because he also knows what you're going through. 
the struggles you may have, the challenges, things that nobody else knows, your past that comes back and gets you once in a while. God knows all that. But he knows it, those, those areas where we are at, at fault, where we're wrong, which we call sin, where we've been self-centered and pride has taken over. He knows all our weaknesses, our rebellion, our disobedience in words and thoughts and actions. There is nothing, nothing, nothing hidden from God. Why? He is light. And that's powerful. The eternal God, creator of the universe, knows all the details of your life. Nothing hidden. The third truth, God draws people to himself. Light draws, attracts, right? Several of you have been to our home. We live in uh, Mirabelle, just north of St. Eustache. And uh, it's a rural area. There's farms and ranches and little communities and where we live. It's four kilometers off the main road to our house. And we've had people come there at nighttime. You know, that, that road, there's very few farms, okay? And the few that are there are set way off in the road, off the road in the field, and there's no lights. It's dark. It's very dark. We had people come there and say, well, I, I wasn't sure I was on the right road where I'm going. And they finally come to our place. Right, uh, Daniela? <laughs> and others who've come and say, it's so dark. But if your car broke down, in that stretch, your car breaks down in that stretch road. You get out. What are you going to do? The first thing you're going to do is start turning around and look for light. You're going to look for a light. Why? Because the light means there's somebody there. You can't see the building. It's too dark. But you know there's somebody there. There's something going on there because there is a light on. We're drawn to the light when we're in no situation. God is light, meaning he not only wants to be known, not only does he know us, but he also wants us to approach him. He draws us to himself in his love in his compassion, and his holiness. He, he, he does everything to draw us towards him because he is light. And the great, three great truths, <laughs> powerful. So God is light is just not some few words. There's rich meaning. God, we can know God. He knows everything about us. But even more than that, he wants us to approach him. And so it's, to me, the more I thought about this and worked on that, I, that really summarizes well the Christian message, the message that the apostles heard from on high. Now in the scriptures, in the New Testament, Jesus speaks of himself as being the light of the world, right? We're familiar with that. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. And this makes sense, because Jesus is God himself. We celebrate that at this time of the year, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is God himself, come in human form so we can know better who God is. But he is, he is 
God, we don't understand everything about the Trinity, but the Bible is clear. God reveals himself, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, God is light, and Jesus is the light of the world. So let's take these same three truths and then look at them through the ministry of Jesus. God is light. We can know God. But through Jesus, it's through Jesus that we can know God the Father. Jesus has come to reveal the Father. So we have a better understanding of who he is. John chapter 14, verse 7. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Knowing Jesus means we get to know who the God the Father is. John 14, verse 11. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. It's through Jesus that we can come to know better who God is. The second truth, God is light. He knows us completely. Nothing is hidden. He knows all those areas of our lives. Through Jesus, we realize how much we have sinned and are separated from God. It's through Jesus, his ministry, and then the work of the Holy Spirit after, but in his ministry on earth. You're all familiar with John chapter 3, verse 16, right? For God so loved the world, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. John 3, 16. Ever read the verses that come after? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever... Sorry. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And here's the, here's the important part. And this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. See, it's through Jesus, who is the light of the world, that we realize, yeah, a lot of what we do, our works are evil, are wrong, disobedience, self-centered. And so through Jesus, we come to know more who we are as people separated from God the Father. The third truth, God is light. He draws people to himself. It is through Jesus that we can approach our heavenly father. John chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus says, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And then John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, except through me. See, God is light. And Jesus, who is God, being the light of the world, allows us to know who God is, know who we are in our relationship to God, and draws us to God the Father and his love and his compassion. Now, Let's go back to John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, but 
Immediately after that, he makes a powerful statement about each one of us here this morning. Jesus said a lot of things that were powerful. This one deals so directly with us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Isn't that incredible? It's just not that God is light and Jesus is the light of the world. But every follower of Christ, everyone who puts their faith in Christ, <clears throat> will have the light, the light of the world, the light of God, the light of Christ in them because of the work of Christ in their lives. They will have the light of life. And Jesus repeats this in the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, familiar with that term? You know where it's found? <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Three chapters that Jesus gives in his teaching to help us understand what it means to live the Christian life in whatever context, whatever situation we may find ourselves. Three chapters full of practical teaching on living the Christian life. And chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world, says Jesus. God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. And those who trust in Jesus are also the light of the world. So what does that mean practically for us today? How do we, how do we handle that and put that in practice? What we're going to look at in the next few minutes. But first of all, I want to clarify two potential misunderstandings that could be misunderstood from this, this text. The first one is we do not reflect the light. We are the light. It's just not a nuance here. It's very important. Where, where we live, um, there's like, I like to take my dog for a walk in a soccer field nearby, and there's no street lights and, uh, and stuff. And I'm sure you've experienced that too, not here in, in the city, but when you're outside the city camping or whatever, and the moon, the full moon, especially in summertime, the air is clear, there's a full moon, and you don't need a flashlight. In fact, you're walking, you can see your shadow sometimes. It's so bright, the moon. And we go, wow, the moon is so bright. Look at the light of the moon. But there is no light of the moon. <laughs> the moon has no light. The moon is just a rock out in space that reflects the light from the sun back to earth. That is not you. That is not the believer. Jesus did not say you will reflect the light. Amen. Jesus said you are the light. A huge difference. A huge difference. We are the light. If you believe in Christ, the light 
the light of Christ is in you. You're not just reflecting the light. He is in you with the, by the presence of his Holy Spirit and it's his life, his light that shines forth in you, through you. Not just a reflection. Not just a reflection. The second misunderstanding you are the light of the world does not mean that you are God. God is light. They follow the logic here, okay? God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. He is God. And he says, you're light. Well, therefore, I must be God too, right? If we follow the logic. Well, it stops there, guys, everybody. No, God is God. We are his creation. Because see, when Jesus says you are the light, it's not you, have the, you are the light. It's his light in you. We are not God. That's what sometimes used the term New Age philosophy. We are God, divine, you know, that kind of thing. Well, just to set the record straight, there's nothing new about that philosophy. You can find it back in creation, Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Satan tempts Adam and Eve and says, Eat, and you will be like God. It's the oldest trick, the oldest lie in the, in the world. Right back to creation, nothing new about it. But God is God. We are his creation. But by his grace, we can have his life, his light shining in and through us. So as a follower of Christ, you are the light of the world because it is the light of Christ himself that shines in and through you through the presence of the Holy Spirit. His light, not yours. So let's take those three truths that we looked at. God is light, means we can know God. He knows everything about us and draws, himself, draws people to himself. Those three truths. And apply it to our lives. Personally but also corporately as a church, as a local church. So the first one, God is light. We can know who God is. That's the first truth. Christ is in you. The scriptures say the hope of glory. That's right, right? Christ is in us. The light of Christ is shining through us. So, question for us personally for each one of us here this morning. Those who you come in contact with at work, school, neighbors, during the day-to-day -day activities, those that you come in contact with, are they able to know who God is through the way you live out your life? Are they able to know who God is by the way you live out your life in a practical way? At work? At home? When you're in the store? Wherever you may be. Last Sunday, Pastor Mario in his message about John the Baptist and the part talked about being filled with the Spirit reminded us that outward expressions, whether they're words or actions, reveal our faith in Christ or lack of faith in Christ. That's what it is. It's practical. 
So are we living our lives personally, individually? Don't, don't think about the person beside you or in front of you. Look in the mirror for yourself. Are we living our lives in such a way that those around us will have a better understanding of who God is? His love, compassion, but also his holiness and his righteousness. So let's turn that same question to us as a local church. Fairview Elias Church. Because when, God, when Jesus said, you are the light of the world, there is a personal, individual application, but there's also a corporate, collective application as well. You are the light of the world individually, but you, us together, are also the light of the world, the church. So as a body of believers, Fairview Lions Church, do those who live in this community around our church, do they have a better understanding of who God is because our church is here in this community? I think that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Regularly. <laughs> it's not a criticism. It's a question I'm seeing, putting out there for all of us to ask, leadership and everyone, that what we do as a church, how we, the activities and ministries, whatever it is, is an opportunity for those in the community to better know who God is. God is light. He wants to be known. We are the light of the world. So are we revealing that truth? to those around us. Second truth, God is light. He knows us completely, the good and the bad, whatever it may be. So personally, because the light of Christ is shining through you, therefore by the way you live your life as a Christian, are those around you made aware of their need for a savior? Those that you're in contact with, because of the way you live your life as a Christian, are they more aware of their need for a savior? Now, I'm not saying we're supposed to go out and preach, take a Bible, hit people over the head with it and preach sermons and you condemn them, you're a sinner. Sometimes it's appropriate. God opens the doors. The opportunity is there to say to someone, what you're doing is wrong. That is not correct according to God's word. Those opportunities are fair and correct. But there's also other ways that we can show that. Let me give a couple examples. You're at work. Or at school. And you have an opportunity to cheat or to take something that does not belong to you, and you do not do it. Why? Because you're Christian. Honesty and respect. Those around you, seeing that you had that opportunity and don't do it, right away puts the light on them, on their attitude. They may be willing to do that. Therefore, it puts a spotlight on their attitude, on their weakness. Because of your way of being honest and faithful as a Christian. What well, respect for one another? Your spouse, your work again, or friends, you go for friends, they start talking about their spouses or talking about immigrants or talking about somebody here and they talk about their boss in a negative, derogatory way. 
How do you participate? How do you respond? Or they see and hear how you talk respectfully of the people in authority, of those in your family. What it does, it puts the spotlight on their attitude of saying, oh my, yes, I guess maybe I should change. See, it reveals the weakness on their side. Forgiveness. Somebody has hurt you. Somebody's offended you. Others know about that. Maybe somebody in the church, a work, a neighbor, whoever, and you're struggling with that, and you then forgive that person. Those around you know that. They see your forgiveness. Puts a spotlight on their heart attitude. Would I be willing to forgive? Is there somebody in my life I should forgive? Because you see, the way you live your Christian life, following Christ's standards and the light of Christ shining through, does put the spotlight on other people's attitudes that are wrong or actions that are not correct, even without preaching a sermon. So by the way you live your life as a Christian, are those around you made aware of their need for a Savior? And corporately, as a body of believers, as Fairview Alliance Church, we are the light of the world here in this community. So through the activities and ministries of our church, are the people in this immediate community made aware of their need for a Savior? Maybe not easy to answer the question, but it's a question I think should be asked and should be before us. Or they just see it, oh, there's a church there, there's a building there, something happening there, I don't know what it is, but you see people in and out regularly. Or is there opportunities for them to know who God is and their need for a savior? Then the third truth, God is light, draws people to himself. So the light of Christ shines through us. And so the same question, by the way we live our lives, as a follower of Christ, are people drawn towards faith in Christ? Or are they saying, wow, that person goes to church, that person says he's a Christian, if that's what a Christian is, no thank you. I, I really don't want anything to do with that. Or are they thinking, wow, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but there's something there that I'm drawn towards it. I want to find out more. So are we leaving a positive or a negative impression of what the Christian faith is all about? By the way we act, the way we talk, the way we react, our priorities. I'm going to ask you a question. Think back on when you accepted the Lord. Maybe just recently, maybe many, many years ago. But think back at that time when you were in the process of coming to faith in Christ, okay? When you realized who Jesus is and who you are and you put your faith in Christ. Raise your hand if there's someone, person, at least one person that influenced you positively to put your faith in Christ. Now look around. Look around with the hands raised. 
Almost everyone here has a positive influence in coming to faith in Christ because why? Someone else lived their life faithfully and left a positive influence for you to come to know Jesus. We should be doing the same. We should have that same goal, that same perspective. And so the same for us as a local church. Do the people in this neighborhood of Montreal have a positive or negative image of Christianity? There's so much negative in the news about the church, whatever denomination and whatever. There's so much negative. What are we doing as a local church to change that attitude, change that perception, change that perception so there's a positive image of what being a Christian is? Our Alliance churches every two years have a a national conference assembly. And this year it was in in June in Calgary and Judy and I attended that. And then uh, several days long, and then we stayed several days after to uh, go holidays in the Rocky Mountains. And so we're at the hotel for over a week, and the hotel provided breakfast, is included. And so we go out for breakfast every morning and before we headed off. And there's a lady there that was, um, who would prepare the, the, the food and clean up the tables and stuff like that. And Judy being Judy, she right away started talking, like she likes to talk and, and find out who people are and, and very sociable that way. So she starts a conversation with this woman and every morning we went down, just carried it on further and further. And um, after a couple of days, she's asking why we're there and find out that we're uh, with the church, we're Christians, and there's a church conference in town. She's from Iran, don't know how long She's been in Canada, um, the waitress there. And she says this, when she hears that we're Christians attending a church conference. She says, I love Christians and I love the Christian church. Well, I just warmed my heart. (laughs) So rare you ever hear that. Don't know, probably a Muslim background. Don't know where she is in her spiritual journey. But over the years, Different Christians and churches had a positive impact in her life and are helping her in her understanding of who God is. Wouldn't it be great if all those people around us could say the same thing? I love Christians. Wouldn't it be great in this community around here, Fairview, the people, the neighbors say, I love Fairview Alliance Church. Oh, may that be our goal. May that be our prayer. Because of your faithful living and the faithful ministries of this church, people will be encouraged to put their faith in God. So how is your light? How is the light shining in you? See, Christ, the light of the world, lives in you. Therefore, it is a light that will never go out. It is a light that will never extinguish. There's no electrical problems. It's a light that will always, always, always shine. The (coughs) question... Sorry. 
The question is not, when will the light shine? The question for us, each one of us, is with what intensity will it shine? Because the light is shining. When you go to work tomorrow with your fellow workers and the boss and all the pressure and tension, the light is shining. You go hang out with your friends after school or with your buddies from work, the light is shining. When you see a stranger, we go to the store and the strangers are there, the light is shining. The light is shining. Because it's not your light, it's the light of Christ in you. So we should be asking the question, how is it shining? With what intensity? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 5. We'll close with that. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Tower built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Is your light shining? Yes, it is. How is it shining? Ah, there's the question. There's a question. Are we trying to hide it? You can't completely hide the light of Christ. As much as you try, you won't. But let's let our light shine. Because God is light. Because God is light, we can know him. We can know really who we are as well because he knows everything about us. And God is light means he wants us so much to draw, approach him because his arms are wide open. And as we are the light of the world, through the light of Christ in us, others will come to know Christ. They'll be drawn to faith in Christ, just like we have all been drawn to faith in Christ as well. Let's take a few moments of personal prayer and reflection, and I will close uh, this part with a prayer for us before the closing benediction that Pastor Mario will come. Thank <laughs> you.